Welcome to this episode of the Reality of Herbal Therapy podcast. Yeah, but before we begin, we want to um, inform you of our disclaimer. Do not feel that by listening to this podcast that we have dispensed medical advice to you or have given you the ability to treat yourself or others with this information. We do not directly or indirectly dispense medical advice or prescribe the use of herbs as a form of treatment for sickness without medical approval. It's not the intent of this podcast to diagnose, diagnose or prescribe. The intent is only to offer herbal information from the herbalist's point of view, only for your consideration. In the event you use this information without your doctor's approval, you are prescribing for yourself, which is your God-given right. But the publisher and authors assume no responsibility. Today's episode, we're going to be talking, taking some questions that we have received. Um, and on our panel today, we have Dr. Michael James. So yep. let's begin with our first question was um, somebody wanted some clarification on food combining. And you're Jim. Oh, and I'm Jim. Yes. Yes, I'm Jim. Okay, some clarification on, on food combining. L- let's just give you the, the reason of food combining. First off, there's three categories of food. Uh, most everybody knows uh, what they know about diet because of the TV. And most of the information on the TV has to do with vested interests. They're trying to sell you a product and most people really don't understand diet. There's basically three categories of food. There's concentrated protein, there's concentrated starch, and then there's a neutral category of food. Now, concentrated starch has a subcategory that I need to talk about because starch and and carbohydrate are used in a, they're used synonymously. Okay? Uh, everybody thinks a starch is a carbohydrate, and everybody thinks a carbohydrate is, is a starch. For our definition, I will define it for you. Starch is natural. It comes out of the ground, off the bush, whatever, and carbohydrate has been processed by man. For example, brown rice, starch, white rice, carbohydrate. A whole grain flour, uh, white flour. So, carbohydrate. So, if it's been messed with, it's a carbohydrate. And in our discussion, I am not talking about carbohydrate because carbohydrate is not a food. Okay? Now, the environment that is that is created by our digestive tract when we eat meat or concentrated protein, the pH that is in our digestive tract is between 1 and 2. That's with the enzymes and different things like that to break down the protein. So... The smaller the number, the more acidic. The pH scale goes from 0 to 14. So when we eat meat, it's very acidic. That's normal. That's natural. That's the way our bodies were created. The starch category is digested in a pH between 6.5 and 7. Totally different than the the concentrated protein. The neutral category of food is digested, can be digested between... One and seven, so it does. It's very simple to to digest. Now, you may want to take time to to follow the information on this podcast to get a food combining chart, and then come back to this so you know what I'm talking about. And the, we'll have the the link for the chart in the show notes. Okay, down at the bottom. And, and very simple. And uh, a lot of you'll have people that'll write a book, and they and they they say, well, you shouldn't eat sour fruit with uh, sweet fruit, and you shouldn't do this, and you shouldn't do that. It boils down to one thing. Don't combine protein with starch. 
And the reason is, is environments are so terribly far apart, the food fights, it takes longer to digest, and then you get, then you be, then food becomes a toxin versus a nutrient. So, like this email that we got, yes, you should not combine bread with meat. You should not combine potatoes with concentrated protein. So, you, you need to it's very simple to say, but it's very, very difficult to do in the American diet because they want to have a they want to have a starch and they want to have a protein in the same meal because that's a balanced diet and it goes back to the the four basic food groups, which was an advertising campaign put out by the Meat and Dairy Association, which was absolutely garbage. It was it was an advertising campaign to sell their products. There are three categories of food: the neutral category. Um, the concentrated protein and starch. Now, starch category combines very well with the neutral category. Concentrated protein combines very well with the neutral category. Now, if you're going to eat a sandwich, the bread must be uh, sprouted grain bread, meaning the flour has been sprouted, it's been turned into a vegetable, then the then the grain's been dried dried again, and then ground to make uh, flour. It changes categories at that time into the neutral category, and you can put concentrated protein with bread if it's uh, sprouted grain bread. Does that make a little little bit little bit of sense there to you? Yeah. Do we want to like talk a little bit about what? So basically, concentrated protein. You always say it's like okay, meat, just meat, cheese, fish, and eggs. Pretty much. Meat, fish, eggs, and cheese. So if it's got eyeballs, it's concentrated protein. Yes. Uh, Now, you can get enough protein just trying to to avoid protein in America today. Uh, Protein is essential, but it it breaks down to its its individual elements. It doesn't, you know, you're not eating a concentrated protein to make uh, muscle. It has the it has the ability to be recombined back into a concentrated protein. The reason they call it a, an essential amino acid is because it has a, a constituent in it that our bodies d- do not make, like sulfur. Okay, uh, you look at most all the con- the um, what they classify uh, essential amino acids. They have a nutrient that our bodies can't synthesize itself. So mainly, if if you uh, avoid meat. Uh, you can eat pretty much everything else. Now, the eggs eggs are a different kind of a critter. If you mix it up into something like a batter or a, something like that, and you still can't see the eggs, then it, it can generally be used unless you have really bad digestive tract function. So, if you fry an egg or you you scramble an egg, you shouldn't combine it with concentrated protein. But if it's stirred up into a mix and 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 uh, destroyed that way, uh, then it it can be eaten with pro- proteins. Okay, so the basic premise is is the digestive environment. Meat is too acidic uh, to eat with uh, starch because they fight back and forth. It's the environment. Okay, now some people have a really difficult time with their digestive tract, and when they do when they don't follow these rules. They have uh, uh, more of a problem with gas, belching, things like that, indigestion, their colon doesn't work. Other people can eat pretty much anything, and, and it doesn't affect them as much, but it does affect the assimilation. 
Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, neutral category. What kind of foods are neutral? Well, the neutral category, uh, if you have that page in front of you, are uh, vegetables, uh, sweeteners like honey, uh, stevia, uh, agave, uh, oils. Now, oils are a whole other can of worms. All oils need to be unrefined. If they're refined, they have all kinds of solvents and garbage in them, so it's unrefined oils that you need. Um, corn is neutral, which which makes it a lot easier. Because if you need a chip or a cracker, you're better off if you're doing proteins to do a corn chip versus a, a white flour or a flour chip or something like that. So corn is nice because it's in the neutral. It's not a grain; it's a vegetable. Although it's very uh, you can do a lot of stuff with it. You can make cornbread. The only other thing you need to realize, if you think cornbread, you need to realize, was it made with white flour and then just a touch of corn meal in there to make that. So you have to look at your ingredients and things like that. Um, sprouts. Uh, all sprouts go into the neutral category and then sprouted uh, products and also fermented, like sauerkraut and things like that, are in the neutral category. Okay. Uh the starch um, boils down to grains um, and also beans and peas and lentils um, and then fruits. Fruits would be in the starch category too. Now fruits, fruits are real, they go through the digestive tract real quick. So if you want to have a, 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 a fruit, if you want to have a fruit in your meal, you need to realize you, it, the best thing to do is to eat it first when you're cooking dinner. Because by the time it uh, you sit down to eat, it's already through the digestive tract. And in in some cases, that's a very good thing to do. It prepares the digestive tract for food. So, you, you know, starches move through the digestive tract real quick. And I think on the food combining chart that we have available, there's some times by some fruits. And that's basically how long it's... It's in the digestive tract or in the stomach. So after, like a banana, it's going to take 45 minutes to get it out of the digest out of the stomach before you can eat uh, dinner. So you need to kind of pay attention to that. An apple is real quick. Things like that. Uh, and then uh, uh, the nuts and seeds are in the in the starch. I mean, in the neutral category. But nuts and seeds, nuts. Uh, I mean, nuts and seeds and dry fruit make a wonderful combination. They, they play upon each other nutritionally. That's a wonderful combination. And then, of course, proteins, uh, meat, fish, eggs, and cheese, or uh, I like to call it mammals sometimes. We're a mammal, and when we eat mammals, sometimes it, it's, it, it's akin to cannibalism, uh, digestive tract-wise. You can get, a lot of people can get away with it, but most people have problems with be, uh, those type of mammals because it, it's just too close to what we are. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> well, another question we had was um, the person said that they they avoid grain because of phytates. Yes. Uh, there's a whole movement to devaluate grains. and it, Just like in herbology, I, I tell people if a plant has been used for centuries and they all of a sudden discover some chemical in it that's terrible... Um, and you shouldn't use it anymore. It's 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 like a slander. 
with a plant that's been used for centuries. If it's been used for centuries, herbalists herbalists qualified it as a good plant a long, long time ago. So when you have a, a food that is being slandered also, like grain, there's something there's something wrong there. Let me let me explain in a general sense um, how this comes about. When the pharmaceutical industry begins to look at uh, the possibility of taking care of illness, they look at the herbs, they look at foods, they look at nutrients, and, and try to find out what's already taking care of that problem. And then they then they try to create it in the laboratory. Like for instance, lithium. Lithium is a, a, a is a natural uh, mineral. We need it in our diets. It's in all green leafy vegetables and things like that. It's it's really, really important for our nervous system. But when they create it in the laboratory, it's just lithium, okay, chemically created uh, in the laboratory, and it's really toxic. It's terrible. It's a it's a, it, they didn't do a very good job of of duplicating it, and that's what's that's what people need to realize. It's when you isolate the remedy from a, a food source or a nutritional source, you you make it toxic. If we isolate water to its basic elements, hydrogen and oxygen, you have an explosive chemical and an accelerant. Is water dangerous? Absolutely not. It was created correctly. But if we isolate the remedy from water, we've got an explosion. Well, incidentally, they've been trying to do that cold fusion for a long time, and they've not been very successful. But they do it successfully with chemicals. They isolate the remedy. Like, for instance, there, uh, years and years ago, and, and I still think they do it in Japan, there was a, a seaweed that used to wash up on the shore, and they'd, they'd take it home and eat it. Uh, it was called sea tangle, and it made the characteristic of that seaweed is that it made other food just yummy as could be. It was a flavor enhancer, so they they used that for some time, and then somebody decided, well, and incidentally, sea tangle was a good nutrient. It had a tremendous amount of vitamins and minerals and and different things like that, and and it, and it helped people flourish. And incidentally, it made bad cooks taste good. So somebody decided, well, let's isolate the remedy. Let's figure out why that makes food taste good. And they discovered it was full of tremendously high in glutamate, an amino acid. Nothing wrong with amino acid. That's the reason it was working. So instead of just taking sea uh, uh, tangle and marketing it, they decided, well, we'll just very simply make them uh, the amino acid uh, and market it and they created monosodium glutamate okay they isolated the glutamates because they found that this plant did something phenomenal has nothing to do with sea tangle anymore but it's monosodium glutamate and it's one of the most damaging chemicals that we have in our food chain today because it uh, if you want more information on that you need to re- read excitotoxins by Blaylock uh, and we'll put a the uh, e, a, what is it called? SB, the ESBN oh, number. The ESBN number. Yeah, we'll we'll put that up here because if you want to read more about that, it's just phenomenal. 
his research. He did a wonderful job. So the point is, when they isolated that remedy, that amino acid, as a single element, they made it toxic. And I believe that's the same thing they've done with this phytates in, in grains, is they've they've uh, taken it out and they've looked, well, if we just introduce this into the body, this is what it does. Well, they fail to realize that isolating the remedy is 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 bad medicine is bad natural medicine okay the purpose for the the those enzyme blockers and I'm going to call it an enzyme blocker is that it makes the grain storable if they weren't in the in nuts and seeds and grains and beans and different things like that you couldn't store the grain very long You'd have it in your, in your shelf for a while, and boom, it, it'd get gooey and moldy, and, and, it, and, it, and it would be worthless. You, you, you could store grains for many, many years. I personally have grain that is 30 years old, and we use it. It sprouts. If it sprouts, it, it, you know that the grain's viable. If it's not, there's a lot of storing methods that, that destroy the germ. The, the method to, to store grain that, dis, that takes the air out is one of the methods that I don't like particularly because it makes the grain dead. It, it takes the uh, germ and kills it. In some grains they like to do that because the grain is, is oily or goes rancid because of the, the oil in the grain. Now, if people have a problem with grains, it's because they're not. They need to turn the enzyme blockers off, and there's several ways to do that. And it makes the food much better tasting. Is beans and different things like that. Soak them, you know. Soak them. Dump the water off. Soak them. Give them a change of water every once in a while, and then cook them. That turns the enzyme blockers off. With grain, I love toasted grain. You put it in a, a cast iron skillet. And you don't use oil and different things like that. Just a good cast iron skillet. And then just get you a spoon and just start playing with the grain and toast it until it's nice and toasty. <clears throat> I tell people to, um, to to keep some regular grain by the stove so that they can tell the, the change of the color. Because a lot of times... You'll be toasting. You don't notice that it's changing color. So if you keep some grain next to it, you can see how much. I like it. I like it really toasty. And it changes the flavor. And it turns those enzyme blockers off. Soaking the grain. Sprouting the grain does that. So it's it's not much work. Uh, I think our ancestors, you know, I think of the, the people that cross the plains. They ate a whole grain and beans and that's all they ate. It's a wonder they didn't die with what they say is in grains now. But they didn't decide, oh, okay, I'm going to cook some beans. They get into camp. They start setting up their tents. They start cooking their beans. It's not going to work. I, They soaked them all day long. So by the time they got to camp, they could just cook them a little bit. Same way with the grain. People have forgotten how to naturally take care of those enzyme blockers. And that's that's a big, big problem because they make grain poisonous. Well, the the thing about grain is grain can be so processed, and and if there is processed food, there's generally grain in it, so it gets a bad rap because white flour, white those type of things are so devoid of nutrients. All it is is stomach wadding. 
If you're a cow, we feed you plastic hay. If you're a human, we feed you white flour. Same nutritional value. So that's kind of a long way around. That's kind of a long way around answering that. But grains are not dangerous. They don't demineralize the body. Uh, They've isolated the remedy and applied it to human physiology, and it had an adverse effect. But all isolated uh, remedies have that characteristic. So I don't know if that's giving you enough information. It's a a misconception about grain. I think grain is an awesome food. In fact, it is the staff of life. One of the questions is, do they all, is it necessary to always soak grain and, and stuff? or can, Well, you said toasting it as well. Is great. Toasting it. Does the uh, same uh, thing. Uh, in my patients, I recommend that they take some time when they got extra time and they toast some grain and they stick it in a bottle and put it on the cupboard. It'll last for a while. You know, it's, it doesn't have, it's not real uh, necessary to cook it within the week. It'll last a couple of weeks. So you can do that. Uh, but if you don't have digestive tract problems, whole grain, just by itself cooked, uh, will not give you problems in the demineralization that they uh, claim because of this isolated nutrient. Okay, so grains are safe. Um, old grains, uh, if if you cook a grain like a bean, if you cook a bean and it doesn't get soft, it doesn't. Get, it's pretty old bean. Okay, uh, that's why soaking is so much, so much better. Take some time, you know. Think, well, you know, I'm going to cook some beans or and cook some rice, and it is better on you. But occasionally, you can get away with it. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, thank you very much. You bet.